Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Open Source Podcast, a show where we discuss the power and practical value of open source in business and entrepreneurship with leaders and innovators from around the world. I'm Tabang Mashalago. And I'm Gabe Lundar. We've got a really great show today. We're going to be speaking with Frank Gillison and Glenn Igritz from Aloxi, a startup in the industrial IoT space. Frank is the chief commercial officer, and Glenn is one of the founders and the chief technology officer at Aloxi. Aloxi was founded in Antwerp in 2017 to leverage technology coming out of the Inter-University Microelectronic Center in Belgium and the University of Antwerp. Today, the award-winning company develops innovative industrial IoT solutions for the petrochemical industry and helps improve safety, efficiency, and deliver actionable insights to their customers. Welcome to the show, Frank and Glenn. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having us. So first off, can you start by telling our listeners a bit more about Aloxi and your business model? Okay, so yeah, we're... uh... Uh, we're a startup. Um, we're focusing um, for the on the chemical industry. Um, so we we are building an end-to-end solution there uh, for industrial IoT. Uh, we're building a sensor. Uh, we deploy a network infrastructure, and we have a, a backend system as well, which we integrate um, with the customer system. Yeah, we have we have uh, we have basically specialized now on valve positioning. So we've seen in the oil and gas that. Uh, around manual valves and positioning of, of manual valves was a, was a really gap in the industry. And, and we saw that there was an opportunity to apply the, the low power wide area network technology on, on valve positioning. So that's the initial use case that we focus on. And that's where the, the, uh, the end-to-end solution is, is built around. Okay, I, I see. So the technology was originally developed in an academic setting. We've spoken to a number of researchers about the challenges of translating research innovation into commercial products. How did your team go about doing that? Um, well, in, indeed, uh, so we, we came from the university. We were focused on uh, low power communication technologies, uh, all the, the technical stuff there, uh, and didn't know anything about uh, the chemical industry at all. Uh, but we were doing applied sciences, uh, so we, we apply it into different uh, projects. And we noticed that uh, we got a lot of questions from the chemical industry, that there was a real drive towards going to uh, uh, IoT. Um, and yeah, all these questions came around the same time frame. Uh, so we decided to yeah, start a spin-off there, focusing on this industry. And that's how it got started. So we... we yeah, we added a few, uh, or a few of the founders are coming with the background from the industry, and then we we founded the company. I think uh, so- sometimes you see that technology is looking for industry, or it's really technology push. But I think that in this case, when 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 I joined, I could see that uh, I joined uh, from the oil and gas industry, so with a lot of domain knowledge. But I could see that all the decisions that were made were actually not so much analytical decisions, but a lot was already done in conjunction with uh, the industry. And, and that's also, uh, I, I guess, uh, uh, when we discuss later on our, our involvement in Eclipse, uh, is because of what we have recognized in the industry, what some of the uh, 
uh, some of the do's and don'ts expressed by the industry has led us eventually to, to Eclipse as well. Just in terms of open sourcing, the, the core technology, is it something that you did when before creating the spin-off? Or is it something that you did uh, when the spin-off was created? Um, if you're talking about uh, the, the wireless communication stack, that was already uh, open source uh, before. So the, we worked on an open source project as part of the university, and we use that in the, in the spin-off as well and continue building on, on this as well. Does it make it easier to do technology transfer when, when you have a part that is open source? Or is it something that is more complicated? Uh, I guess it makes it easier because uh, the IP discussion is already, it, it's open source, right? So uh, you, you don't need to discuss about this, this part. Uh, so in that sense, it's, it's easier. And from a sales and business development perspective, does it make it easier to be part of an open source ecosystem and participating in projects as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. In different ways. So in, in one way, it, it helps in adoption because it's, it's open source. All the open APIs are available. Uh, so it doesn't require any customized uh, adapters or, or many software hours for, for us to, to, uh, to connect the customer. Uh, also, in the in the um, the fact that, that there's no uh, lock-in, uh, so there's no, uh, no 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 brand lock-in, or uh, uh, that 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 that's also for the customer uh, very comfortable that they don't feel that one day once they make the decision into this direction, there's no way back, and they're continuously uh, committed to to us. So there's a that that's definitely a, a commercial aspect that we that we use. And I think uh, maybe for us as a startup, most importantly, is the confidence, the confidence that our larger companies behind it, uh, that it's not solely depending on, on a few uh, smart developers in the, in the back of their garage, but that, that there's really uh, uh, yeah, there's confidence in the, in the companies behind that are already in the foundation. And that, uh, yeah, that, that really helps us as a startup um, when we're talking to global uh, industry leaders who, who, who need to install our software on, on their private instances, yeah, you feel that that, that really helps uh, once they see that uh, this is the foundation that we're part of and this is how we contribute and other companies that contribute, that, that helps. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. So previous listeners to the podcast will know that Gael and I work for the Eclipse Foundation. Can you tell us a bit more about your involvement with the Eclipse Foundation and uh, the ecosystem there? Yeah. Um, so when, when, when starting the company, it was uh, pretty clear or we, we chose to, to, to use a few, a few uh, Eclipse projects uh, from the start already. Um, that was mainly driven by the fact that our, our customers made it clear that it, it would not be an option for them to to send their data to some uh, SaaS uh, service uh, we host on a public cloud provider um, because the, 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 the chemical companies often want the data to remain on-premise or in a private cloud which they control themselves or of their choosing. So um, some public cloud provider would not be an option. Uh, which ruled out the, the public cloud providers' IoT platforms for us. So it was clear from the start we had to build something which we could deploy anywhere. And um, yeah, as Frank said, we, we don't want to re reinvent the wheel for uh, infrastructure components you need for an IoT platform. 
Uh, and that's why we got into touch with uh, the Eclipse IoT working group and uh, some projects there, uh, which we could build upon um, and, and build our, our, our custom logic upon these projects. So that's mainly um, Ono and Ditto, which we rely upon very strongly. Yeah, and I, I think we wanna we we, we obviously we uh, we use those components, but we are also a contribution member. So we we feel that it's that the community uh, it's also important for the developers who, who choose to work for Aloxy that they become part of an open source community that they also actively contribute. Um, and and yeah, that's 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 I think uh, we believe in open source. So having our people also involved in the open source community is a yeah, this is definitely supported by us. Yeah, yeah, indeed. The, so the fact that we could use these stable building blocks like like Hono and Ditto and build our solution on top of this is, is of course uh, very important for us from a resources uh, uh, standpoint. Um, so we we uh, yeah we could move more quickly, I would say. Uh, but it's of course that the you you want to actively participate. So it's also an investment in the in the community there. Uh, and yeah, the, our people like working in this community as well. Uh, we're, of course, we're a startup, so the the effort we can do is is limited. But still, we uh, yeah, we get the feeling that we're more and more productive in in the community as well, uh, and we get to contribute better as well. Um, so yeah, I think it enables us to spend more time on our solution uh, uh, while relying on these components which are already there. Uh, but we're we're actively involved in it and, and will be more so in the future, hopefully. Yeah, so, yeah, you mentioned Ono and Ditto. So that's two of the big uh, Eclipse IoT projects mm -hmm. that were created by, by Bosch some time ago. So how is it to be, a, I would say, a small startup and yeah. to collaborate with a, a giant company like Bosch? Yeah. We're not collaborating directly with, with Bosch, uh, meaning, of course, they, they put a lot of resources in the people working there, but they really see it as an open source uh, project and they manage it that way as well, which is uh, which is very nice. And and just just recently, we were talking uh, to a customer on a more technical level about uh, about the, 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 the AMQP connection within Hono and then they were asking about another type of protocol, which we, uh, which actually Bosch is, is, is part of developing in the, uh, in the Hono group. And then when we mentioned that that was on the roadmap and that people from Bosch are, are developing it, that gives also our customer more confidence than saying, oh, it's on a, on a startup's roadmap. Uh, so now it's on the roadmap of the, of the, of the Hono project. And, and, and there's a big company behind it who believes in it as well. Um, yeah, that leaves no further open questions from that perspective. So commercially, that, that really uh, yeah, brings confidence. You know, we're hearing a lot of buzzwords like digital transformation, industry 4.0. What does industrial IoT mean to you and your customers on a practical day-to-day -day basis? Uh, yeah, it's... Um... It's right. There are a lot of buzzwords out there like digital transformation, industry 4.0, industrial IoT. Uh, <laughs> you could name uh, quite a few. I keep going, yes. But I think that the essence is, is, is about uh, connecting your assets. And uh, for the, in, at least in the oil and gas, it's, it's a very asset-rich environment. 
which means there's a, a, a lot of maintenance and, and most of the money is made by them, not in the initial investment, but by running the plants and keeping them running for 40 onwards years. Uh, so so uh, maintaining your assets um, and, and the whole maintenance around it is key to the industry. And then if you have historically a lot of assets that are not connected, it means you remain on the, the physical uh, expertise of people walking around, listening, feeling, hearing. And, and that's, I think, where it is, whether you call it digital transformation or, or industry 4.0 is, uh, comes to play in, 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 this, in this industry, is connecting those assets. Uh, but because they have thousands of assets, it's, it's a very costly um, exercise. So, I mean, there are already a lot of, on the, on the software side, there's already a lot of analytical software available already 10 years ago, but they, they didn't have all the data points. Uh, so there was a lot of automation already in play, but there was still, I mean, I think 10% of the valves, for example, were connected. So those were, they were part of the day-to-day -day operation and they could do their analytics on, but the 90% of the manual valves were just totally blank. Um, so what, what makes this, this era exciting is that new technologies like LP1 all of a sudden make it uh, make it uh, make the business case or the use case at a different cost level uh, acceptable so now uh, we're connecting an asset let's say in the old uh, ot style so was was maybe 3 4000 euro per asset where we can do it now with the sensor for 200 euro so now we get more data points and now we enrich the data and now the, these customers are not only talking about analytics and and and, but they are also talking about digital twin. So building a totally digital twin of that plant, and and that takes that whole software analytics and, and predictive maintenance and and all to the next level. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, in this in this asset rich environment. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I think times. a lot is moving there. So in the industry, you had a lot of uh, the the OT worlds, uh, which are installations which were there from the eighties, uh, wired, uh, do, doing control systems uh, and and stuff like this. Uh, so these are all in place, and then more and more, you now get the IT world there as well. And uh, with the yeah the the IoT sensors basically crosses this this bridge a bit. So you you get a lot more data directly into the IT world. Uh, and you see that all the companies are, are starting to, to get into this and get something out of the data. Yeah, and it's, it's maybe even the perfect storm because you can at the same time, you can see uh, a lot of experienced uh, operators are leaving the plants, uh, the new ones, the, the knowledge is not always there. Uh, also, you see a movement from, from, uh, from having all the uh, the capabilities of maintenance in, inside one company is moving towards contractors. So people are saying goodbye to their own employees. So there's this whole movement already on the people side. And now this 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 uh, additional layer of, of, uh, of data coming in just accelerates all of that. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Now you are active in the Eclipse IoT working group. Are you seeing other opportunities for industrial collaboration at the Eclipse Foundation? Yeah, I think so. And uh, besides of the, the IoT working group, um, which is, what is very relevant or becoming more relevant is the uh, edge computing as well there. Uh, 
uh, and there's also the the edge native group uh, and we, we're the plan is to move more into the that direction as well because you can do a lot of things on on the, in the cloud platform but still in in these plans the control systems are are on the field so you need some some hardware there as well uh, so we can imagine moving more into this direction yeah. as well yeah, and we even see also in practicality. So, so we talk to customers who have these remote platforms in the middle of the sea, where they say, "Well, the, the, yeah, we we want to keep the data there, so it doesn't make sense to push all the data to the cloud and then take it back in." So, um, so yeah, that 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 whole edge discussion is definitely something that that we are also eager to to tap into uh, as well. Uh, so, to to get back also to your to your question is that. Um, for me, it's 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 interesting co from a commercial perspective to see when I, for example, send people the, the Ditto API, that's it, end of discussion. They look at it, oh, okay, great, you have this uh, MQTT or you have this, and it's automatically, it's it's uh, it's it's done. So that's that's typically a good a good sign uh, when there's there's no more questions or no more but do you have this? Or we actually want this. So yeah, I think it it uh, it addresses the needs of the of the industry very well, uh, and and uh, yeah, it's it's it fits us for that for that reason very well. Ah, I see. Now, are there any particular projects that you're interested in building on top of to deliver value-added capabilities to your clients? Well, yeah, as I said, the uh, there's a number of projects on the edge which are uh, very relevant uh, for us. Um, uh, the backend side as well, we're using different uh, different projects there. I think what is also important here is, is all uh, cloud native and the Kubernetes uh, ecosystem, which is also uh, an enabler for us to yeah, to deploy it basically anywhere. Uh, which, if you go back like five years ago or ten years ago, it would be more difficult story uh, you also see that a lot of companies are, are getting to know these technologies and also buying into this uh, so i think that's also important that you have an infrastructure runtime let's call it this way which you can either have in the cloud or or, or on the edge um, and especially on the edge there's a lot of things moving to to get it there as well um, but if that's the case then we can more easily deploy stuff at the edge as well so looking forward, are there any particular use cases that you're working on addressing or any specific capabilities you have on your roadmap that you can tell us about? Yeah. Well, you know, that there's, what is important in the oil and gas is that there is a, there's, a, there's a very large barrier to entry, which is the certifications. Uh, so everything needs to be explosion proof, all the hardware. Uh, so initially, and, and that's by itself a, a uh, let's say, core competence as well, developing your, your IoT products in, in a way that they are explosion proof and, and then getting them ATEC certified or FM certified in, in the different regions. So we have gone through all of that. And, and, and so our ambition is initially to build up a range of, of, of these ATEX sensors uh, in, in different uh, application fields. So we're looking at uh, gas detection, for example, uh, as well. Um, because we also here, so we are, for example, sitting in the uh, in the industry verticals from the LoRa One uh, work group, and and the feedback there from the industry is as well. We need more ATEX sensors. So that's definitely an, an area where there's still a lot of potential. But simultaneously, we're getting requests from uh, from other industries like water, 
uh, water is, is, is enormously exposed water grids, wide areas. Um, it's, it's a different architecture, so it's not so much a private network. So especially on the communication aspect, it, it requires a different perspective than, than setting up a private LP1 network. But uh, it, it, will, it will lean more towards narrowband IoT, most likely, or, or public LoRaWAN infrastructures. Um, but so that, that, that's, so that's where we're also leaning towards, because that's where our current sensor could immediately be deployed. Uh, so, yeah, those are the two areas where, on one hand, if there are large industries where our existing solution is, is, is possible, it, it's, a, it's a new market approach. But uh, from, from our roadmap development, we're looking at new applications in, in oil and gas, uh, mainly. Yeah, so you, you, you talk about your devices and the explosion-proof devices, etc. So I... I I, I see your, uh, your website and your presentations and I love the, the yellow <laughs> of your devices. So I just wanted to know, is it part of the standard or is it uh, <laughs> your, your choice? And do you plan to have, maybe I don't know, to change to an orange color for, for something uh, well, it, 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 different? Yeah. It's a brand? I, I actually have the credits. I have to give credits to the original founders and the, the company they've worked with for the design. But, but the, the sensor actually won a design award, which is, it's, from a from an industry perspective, it's not really useful, but it's it. I do feel it really helps in terms of your marketing and your representation. So, uh, so the Van der Velde Award, which is a design award in Belgium, uh, was won by the design studio who actually developed our sensor. But no, the yellow is is, is a choice of the of the founders, and um, uh, and the design is is by the design studio. So it's uh, yeah, but we're we're really happy with the result. From a marketing perspective, for me, it really helps that it's actually a good-looking product. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's pretty cool. That's, yeah. uh, it's not because you put that in uh, in an uh, in the oil industry that it doesn't it cannot be looking good. So that's that's great. Yeah, exactly. And now, when you look at a picture, you already you see ah, okay, that's that's what that even though that you're looking at maybe a complex infrastructure picture, but then that. That box that that Aloxy pull stands out, mm -hmm. so people immediately know. Okay, that's that's the thing they are talking about. So it's uh, it helps in terms of the marketing communication, and yeah, definitely uh, with with future de uh, designs, we will stick with this studio. I think they they've deserved that. So I love the idea that uh, open source helps, design helps. So that's all the cool stuff <laughs> that helps you make business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Would you say that being active in an open source community has helped drive brand awareness and, you know, even generate leads for your business? Well, actually, I did have uh, I did have a handful of leads because uh, one of our software engineers did a presentation on one of the Eclipse uh, events, and that presentation is is uh, is online somewhere. Uh, and people find that, and 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 they they told me, okay, we, uh, we I saw Bob <laughs> doing the presentation. I was thinking, oh. and then it's like, oh, okay, so you have seen the Eclipse uh, presentation, and uh, so yeah, definitely, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, all of those things help, especially for us, because what what we see is that, of course, this is a niche, and uh, it's 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 not just about 
getting getting seen it's about getting seen by the right people and obviously the people who search on specific items in open source or watching eclipse video those are the right people for us so so yeah that that definitely mm. helps yeah yeah it sets a good filter yeah i can totally see how it's a it's a great filter <laughs> now what advice would you have for a company that's considering an open source based strategy any words of wisdom that you can share based on your lessons learned i w- would say if if you need a, a generic component so it, which is not specific to your application so so not your use case or something that you should first look if it's uh, an already solved problem in, in an existing open source project makes a lot of sense to 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 reuse that um, or even consider starting a new project even uh, because j- more hands lower the investment and, and more eyes catch more bugs, obviously. Um, so it's good to cooperate on that level, especially if it's not your your uh, added value. It's it's yeah some infrastructure which you rely on. So if you can share this. And I think that yeah the, the governments provided by the Eclipse Foundation also de-risked that for uh, uh, th- this investment. I mean, in terms of legal aspects and uh, the vendor neutrality is also very important, of course. And I would like maybe to add to it that it's not, maybe a lot of companies use it, but they don't express it or they don't present. Don't be shy of it. It's an opportunity. Uh, be part of the community and 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 and, uh, and use it in your marketing because it's, it's. I don't think enough people really understand the benefits of open source. Uh, so use them as part of your own marketing strategy because the benefits of open source are automatically benefits for your company once you are actively participating in it. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes me think of what we've heard from other guests, which is that the maximum benefits from open source come when you give back and actively participate in the ecosystem and that extends to talking about it and acknowledging that uh, it's core to the way you do business. So where can our listeners connect with you online? Uh, yeah, obviously our website is the central, uh, yeah, it's a central place. So www.aloxi.io. Uh, and from there, it leads you to our YouTube channel, uh, where we have some, uh, general, uh, uh, short videos. We have a support section now that we're filling. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's one, uh, aspect. Uh, and obviously, LinkedIn uh, on our LinkedIn page, we communicate uh, a lot of the the, the new stuff uh, uh, and and what we're up to. And you can just follow us as a startup and what we're up to. So, uh, those are our main main two platforms we communicate on. Okay, thank you again, Frank and Glenn, for coming on the show. You can find out more about Aloxy at a l o x y dot i o. And that's about it for this episode of the Entrepreneurial Open Source Podcast. You can find us online at entrepreneurialopensource.com and at OSS4Biz on Twitter. We'll catch you next time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other place that you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. The Entrepreneurial Open Source Podcast is sponsored by the Eclipse Foundation. The Eclipse Foundation provides a global community of software developers and organizations of all sizes across industries with a business-friendly environment to collaborate on open-source software innovation. Visit Eclipse.org to learn more.